0: People in Gaza are destined to stay in the poverty trap. Are destined to be poor unless the international community intervenes heavily to restore Gaza to a more sustainable development path.
1: Hello, this is the Weekly Tradecast, a podcast brought to you by UNCTAD, the UN's Trade and Development Body. I'm Sarah Tongs. We're exploring how major events are shaping trade and development, and how that affects billions of people around. This week we're looking at the impact of the Israel-Gaza war on the Palestinian economy. Since the deadly assault by Hamas militants on October the 7th, Israel's military response has killed thousands of Palestinians in Gaza and displaced most of the 2.3 million people in the tiny enclave. With so much damaged or destroyed, Anktaz says in a new report that rebuilding Gaza will take a concerted international effort and many of dollars. That recovery will be all the more difficult given the already dire state of the economy from Israel's decades-long blockade. Last year, with the impact of three months of war, UNCTAD says the unemployment rate in Gaza was nearly 80%. The poverty rate was 96%. When the war ends and investment is needed, recovery priorities for Gaza's economy include supporting the workforce, restoring the airport, building a seaport and developing natural gas fields. Joining me now to learn more is Unktad's Rami Alessi, who specializes in conflict and development economics. Rami studied in Lebanon, the UK, and Switzerland, and is interested in Middle East politics. He likes reading, taking long walks, stand-up comedy, and listening to music. Well, welcome to the show today, Rami. Well, thank you, Sarah. To give us some context, what was the state of Gaza's economy before the current conflict?
0: I think it's important to start from what the SG uh, of the United Nations said in the Security Council briefing, that what happened on the 7th of October did not come from vacuum. Palestinians have been under occupation for 56 years. They saw their land being enclaved by settlements. They lived through many hard periods during the 56 years. Gaza has been under blockade since 2007 where people are virtually locked in, no way out, no way in. And on top of that, it went through six military operations, which caused thousands of death and destruction. And more is basically, in terms of economics, it destroyed the economic base in Gaza. If we look at Gaza just before the current crisis, if you're a Gazan, you have a probability of 45% to be unemployed. You had a probability of 65% to be poor. You had a probability of 41% to stop looking for a job because there are no jobs. You live in extreme socio-economic conditions, no access to electricity, no access to adequate uh, clean water services, and you're not allowed to leave. To summarize, Gaza's economy since 2007 registered the worst economic performance in the world. Gaza's economy in 16 years grew by 1%. Its uh, GDP per capita shrank by 27%. People got much poorer. They had no jobs. They had no access to basic services. And they basically lost hope for a better future just before the current crisis. So this is how bad things were before everything erupted on October 7th.
1: And so Rami, how has that now changed since the conflict erupted last year?
0: In the latest UNCTAD's research, we tried to first show the amount of the unprecedented destruction in Gaza. The amount of destruction is more than double what was destroyed in the past six military operations, and that's just up to the end of 2023. The death toll... It's more than four times the death toll of the 16th-year blockade and the six military operations. The civilian infrastructure was damaged to the extent where development is impossible now in Gaza. If you look at from a broader perspective, Gaza currently is uninhabitable for people living there. The blockade turned into a complete siege. In a new analysis for UNCTAD that, uh, that just came out, we tried to look at the impact of this military operations from four angles. The first is how the economy in Gaza by the end of 2023 look like. The second, we look at using satellite data and nightlight luminosity from satellites on the immediate impact on economic activity and household welfare in Gaza by the end of 2023 and then we look at the time for the economy in gaza to recover and then finally we looked at the medium-term outlook and each of them we have a takeaway from them for policymakers for international community and for palestinians and israelis so starting by the outlook of gaza in 2023 gaza lost quarter of its gdp just from the last three months of the year Mm -hmm. lost compared to 2022 GDP per capita or loss is estimated at 26%, which is equivalent to the loss of GDP per capita in 16 years of blockade and six military operation. Now, if we look at the micro part, which is using satellite data, we look at the damages and the household welfare. We notice that in three months, the night coming from Gaza lost almost 43% of its value. So Gaza got darker and darker, which indicates that the economic activities were reduced by 43%. Oh, I see. And that's an immediate impact. And then to translate into household welfare, we already established a mechanism in which translating or having an exchange rate between the nightlight and household welfare. And the result was that a loss of 1% of nightlight corresponds to 1.18% loss in household income. Looking at the medium term, unless there is a full recovery, people in Gaza are destined to stay in the poverty trap, are destined to be poor unless the international community intervenes heavily to restore Gaza to a more sustainable development path. Now, the, the crucial part in all of the analysis is that even with the most optimistic scenario that Gaza can grow by 10% annually, it will take Gaza until 2028 to just go back to where it was, to GDP per capita to go to where it was in 2022. Mm-hmm. It will take until 2035 for Gaza GDP per capita to go back to where it was in 2006, and it will take an additional two years after that for it to go back to its peak of 2005. Living in Gaza now means that you're almost 100% sure you're poor. You're 80% sure of probability that you're unemployed, you won't have a job. You have no access to water, to food, to electricity, to sewage, to sanitation, to adequate healthcare because 75% of the health facilities were destroyed. And for the half of the population in Gaza which are children, there are no access to education.
1: So what do you say are the most basic and essential elements for Gaza's economic recovery then? What areas need the most immediate attention? Education for one, as you mentioned.
0: Gaza now the focus should be on the humanitarian relief in people in gaza the second aspect is to start thinking of prioritizing what is needed in terms of basic services and what is needed to restore the basic services for people in gaza whether it's health education these are at most important because in the broader development framework these are the most that will have long-lasting impact for the people in gaza especially you don't want to reach a point where you have a whole lost generation in Gaza of children with no education and no hope for the future. So restoring the basic services, that's one. But everything we're talking about now starts with an immediate ceasefire and a long-standing ceasefire and allowing every humanitarian need for people in Gaza to go in. One of the key takeaways of UNCTAD's analysis is that there is no room for half solutions now. And there is no room for not meeting a full recovery. This cycle of destruction and insufficient reconstruction needs to be broken now.
1: So talking about after basic recovery, what else must Gaza do to ensure a functioning economy with the potential to actually grow?
0: There are a few steps that needs to be taken to put Gaza back into a sustainable development path. So first of all, since 2007, there is a administrative separation between Gaza and the West Bank. The reunification of Gaza and West Bank under one umbrella needs to happen, institutional-wise, legal-wise, financial-wise, which will enable Gaza to reintegrate into the Palestinian economy. In the past 17 years, Gaza lost more than half of its share in the Palestinian economy because the economy was not growing. And after that, donors need to stay the course, restore or reverse the declining trends of foreign aid to the Palestinian government in order to rebuild the Palestinian institutions in Gaza because without strong institutions, the recovery or a full recovery of Gaza would be very hard. And in pragmatic or practical terms, the flow of public investment at the beginning to restore basic services, institutions, infrastructure, electricity, water, all the essential infrastructure for the economy to develop needs to be in place. For the private sector to start actually engaging more in the economy and investment to flow back into Gaza. And for a strong recovery of Gaza, you need a very strong growth rate. And that can only come from investment, from restoring basic services, from reintegrating the economy of Gaza with the West Bank and the rest of the world, for it to be more viable and restore the hope for the people in Gaza
1: So which sectors offer the most potential for the people of Gaza? Where are the skills and money going to come from?
0: Part of the analysis we did in the latest assessment of UNCTAD is that all of the economic activity measured by satellite data is grounded to a halt across all productive sectors. So there is a huge potential there, given that all the sectors of the economy is destroyed to rebuild, and to rebuild back better for the people in Gaza. And the money should first come from the international community and through public investment in the infrastructure to revive the basic infrastructure for the economic and productive base to be functional again. And after that, from the private sector and through FTI as well.
1: There are, though, some areas for investment and optimism, right,
0: Though Palestinians are one of the highest population with PhDs per capita in the world. They're very educated in Gaza. And looking at the potential in Gaza in terms of its position, where it has the sea, the only border with an Arab country that is not controlled by Israel, which is Rafah, you have the sea, you have the ability to have... airport which was the case prior to, to the second intifada and there's a lot of resources in terms of oil and gas off the shore of Gaza so Gaza's potential is there and now it's the time for Gaza to tap into its potential to its resources to its human capital which is there and to be on a sustainable development path using its own resources at some point which is possible which is feasible
1: Thank you so much for joining us today, Rami. That was UNCTAD's Rami Alessi, who was this week's guest. Tune into the weekly Tradecast next week and every week for more insights on the most pressing issues around the world of trade and development. And there's even more on our website, unctad.org. I'm Sarah Thomas in Geneva. Goodbye for now.